0: All right, and welcome to another edition of the Physical Athletics Podcast, episode number eight. Adrian brought us here, along with Armando Aguilar. Great to have you back. So excited, and uh, should be a, should be an awesome episode today.
1: Yes, I'm excited. Let's let's get it rolling.
0: Awesome. And today we have an awesome guest. Uh, He's the head coach of the uh, Lady Indian soccer team, Hector Gano, who's also an educator and a coach, of course. Um, He has a podcast we'll be talking about a little bit later in the program. But coach, great to have you on the podcast. It's it's, uh, awesome always to talk to coaches here on the show.
2: Well, awesome guys! Thank you for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. A big fan of what you guys are doing. Uh, I know you guys just got started not too long ago, but uh, you can definitely tell it's it's quality every time, and it's getting better and better. Uh, so to be able to to be asked to be here, uh, it's it's awesome. I'm humbled. I appreciate it, and looking forward to having some fun.
0: Coach, how'd you get started in uh, in soccer? Tell me tell me a little bit about your background and everything.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, that's uh. See, see if I can give you the Cliff Notes version. So, um, be long when you need to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I think um, so. Been playing since I was young, since I was little. Uh, Was a multi-sport athlete. Kind of gravitated away from the sport. Kind of during high school when I started to also. uh, I was had a a boxing career for a while. I was a Challenging there for a while for towards the uh, Olympic trials uh, Obviously, it didn't didn't come to fruition the 96 Olympic trials um, After that joined the joined the military and during my time in the military is where I really um, Really started to uh, I guess gravitate or navigate back to uh, To to the to the game uh, a little bit started playing <clears throat> Playing on some base teams some varsity teams and then it, it kind of went up from there. I started to I uh, uh, started to um, play with some some all-star teams, you know, and and by this point I was in Europe. I was stationed in Europe, uh, and then ultimately found my way on on semi-pro teams in Europe, and then also uh, kind of started helping out coaching. Next thing you know, I I, I kind of got the coaching bug, and then that's where the uh, you know the coaching the coaching bug was kind of implemented. It was still delayed because of my active-duty military career. Um, And then I ended up, uh, you know, had a, overcame a combat injury in Iraq in 03. You know, I had multiple tours in Afghanistan and and Iraq, and, uh, uh, yeah, this was back in 2003. And then from there, I uh, came back, found myself, I was stationed, I I received a special duty assignment at the Air Force Academy. So while at the Air Force Academy, I was a uh, senior military training instructor there, and also uh, I came on as a... I got asked to be uh, an, ass- uh, an assistant coach, then I, I became a head coach at the prep school, the Air Force Academy prep school, which is there on the Air Force Academy. So, And it's not a high school, it's an actual, it's a post high school graduate, 10 month uh, readiness uh, prep program uh, for the actual Air Force Academy. So it's a big way where a lot of, uh, a lot of eventual, we call them cadet athletes there, uh, they end up actually at the Air Force Academy, they start at the prep school. To, it kind of indoctrinates them into the, the military, the rigors of military, you know, the military lifestyle, the military training, and also the uh, the rigors of the academics, you know, at the Air Force Academy, which is uh, essentially a an Ivy League level uh, you know academic you know academic uh, program there. And uh, so, I did my time there, and uh, I ended up uh, along the way. Was uh, was selected. Was hired as a, <clears throat> excuse me, as a uh, director of soccer operations, then assistant coach and a recruit, recruiting coordinator uh, with the D1 women's program there at the Air Force Academy, um, and then at, from that point, that's when I started to realize, okay, this is this is really ultimately what I want, what I want to do. Uh, so retired in 2014 uh, from active duty, and then ended up in San Antonio. I was at grad school at. Uh, University of the Incarnate Word there in San Antonio, okay. and while I was there, I uh, you know I been, had been coaching club in Colorado while I was at the Air Force Academy also, and then coaching club in San Antonio, <clears throat> and uh, then I found myself I kind of you know I guess kind of by accident ended up at at a high school there a private school Saint Mary's Hall which is the the school in uh, in San Antonio in terms of academics and it's one of. Uh, they're known for their, uh, their women's soccer program and also their lacrosse program. Uh, on the women's soccer side, they're, they're regarded as uh, their, we, we were still, when I left there, we were still trying to verify and finalize, confirming that it was largely regarded to be the, it was, not, it was thought to be that it was the oldest uh, girls' soccer program in the state of Texas, public or private. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, and, and St. Mary's Hall started as, a, as an all-girls school. Uh, but, uh, so from there, you know, did five years there where I was the, uh, I was the director of soccer there at the varsity, you know, varsity women's soccer coach. Um, had some success, made a run, you know, a couple of regional titles, um, lost in the state semifinals in, I think, 2017. So we had some good success there. Uh, and then came back, came back to El Paso for family because, you know, I had been gone since I left here in, in you know, in, in uh, January of 97 and, uh, came back here and, was lucky enough to be selected for uh, the opportunity to, to teach and coach uh, Eddie Sleto.
0: Man, what a story. So, I can't yeah. believe that, you're, that you made your way all the way back here to El Paso after such a long journey. I mean, um, gosh, I have so many questions for that. Uh, first off, I mean, in San Antonio, um, what is kind of the difference that you've seen with the level of competition here in El Paso?
2: Um, very, it's, it's kind of a it's it's an interesting question because it's very it's very similar and yet very different um, in terms of the talent very similar uh, very similar the style of play generally speaking very similar and um, you know in San Antonio uh, I was just having this conversation with a with a friend of mine the other day <clears throat> um, they've in San Antonio especially on the boy side they've had a lot of recent uh, success in you know on the, on the private, on the private school side, you know, you've had uh, Central Catholic. They've won, I believe, four straight taps titles, uh, including beating Cathedral in last year's state oh, title. Okay. Yeah, um, and then on the public side, you've had Lee High School. So Lee High School and and uh, Central Catholic at one point in the over the last, I want to say, two years, they were ranked. They were ranked number one in the nation at one point. So. So very good, very very good on, uh, on, on the boys' side. On the girls' side, also a lot of talent. Uh, you've had some, some teams that have uh, been able to, you know, just not break through, knocking on the door, but haven't been able to break through yet, but you've seen, but they've been advancing and they've been doing better. Here in El Paso, uh, in my short time back, what I've noticed here is you know, on the high school side, lots of talent. Obviously, you've seen it, kind of very similar on the boys side. You know, you've seen, you know, in the last <clears throat> inside of the last what is it? I guess year and a half now. You, you've you know, I, uh, you've seen you know Sanelli win. I think was it was it three straight or two straight? I think at uh, state titles at the four A level. And then uh, I got to see my alma mater, Bel Air, win uh, win there in Georgetown uh, uh, last year. So. Um, on the girls' side, uh, we have we definitely have some some programs that are strong, that are solid. Um, um, you know, you have at the 6A level, you have you know you have your you have Franklin there. You know, at the 5A level, you have El Dorado. These are um, teams that we just so happen to play in one of the toughest regions in making it to state because you got to go through that you got to go through that DFW yeah, region. Yeah, it's really tough. Which is tough. It's just it's I mean Dallas Fort Worth, Dallas especially. You're talking about one of the One of the probably top three maybe five hotbeds in the nation Mm -hmm. uh, in talent especially on the girls side so um you know what i've noticed that's different here versus san antonio so a lot of similarities but what i've noticed that's different is i guess not entirely really at the high school side but when i look at the game across the board maybe even on the club side is the to i guess for lack of better words is the the leagues the leagues that a lot of clubs play in is um, it's very you could say it's very disorganized you could say it's hard to kind of get your uh, a clear-cut path in terms of development and trying to grow grow our players and more exposure you know that's that's a battle and some of it is also compounded by the fact that here in el paso we're we're basically on a we're kind of on an island you know so so that kind of compounds it a little bit so um so yeah i think um that was kind of one of the things that i noticed here in my first year here and uh you know i think that you know with the right with the right coaches with the right uh younger coaches kind of a newer style of of thinking and your style of not just development of the game but also in terms of exposure mm. and uh you know showcasing our talent and uh um, I, I think not wanting to not wanting to be, trying to be more inclusive rather than exclusive, and hey, no, these are my players, you know, don't talk to them, this is my, you know. Uh, so, so that's some of the things that I've kind of been, in talking to, to coaches, to directors, uh, athletic directors, uh, you know, high school coaches, club coaches. Um, those are, I guess, a, a ton of similarities, but in terms of the organizationally and just operationally, that's where I see the big difference. You know so um, but I think but it's still have hope for the future so
1: I I, I, have, a, I have a one one question for you coach we were we, we've talked about this in the in the past and uh, you know throughout throughout all the episodes it, it's come up here and there where uh, you know we we want the the best for the athletes as far as uh, long-term athletic de- uh, development and, and we talked about a little bit of your career you you being a, a soccer player and you you also did some some boxing but uh, what's what's the one sport that you would say you know you recommend soccer players to do as they're going into their soccer career that has good transfer to to their uh soccer soccer abilities and then of course towards the end if they if they decide to, to specialize in soccer and make that mm-hmm. their number one priority?
2: Yeah, well, in terms of cross-training, I guess it's kind of what yeah, you're yeah, asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I used to think I kind of knew the answer to that, and it was kind of funny. Uh, I stumbled across it by accident because I noticed it in my daughter. She was, um, when she was younger, um, she started, started in soccer, kind of had a fallout, didn't really, you know, just... Didn't like it a whole lot. Did so, that break your heart? Yeah, a little bit, but I kept it inside. You know. Went in the corner, cried some man tears, and then came back out. But, uh, but no, but then what happened was, <clears throat> you know, she was in gymnastics for a little while, and then we had her in uh, in ballet, of all things. So, and in ballet, so then, so you fast forward, and she came back, wanted to play again, and, you know, it's kind of one of those things you don't want to push it on your mm-hmm. kids. But what I noticed was that that, I guess that, all those mechanics from kind of ballet—the mm-hmm. footwork, the agility, the balance—I started to see it. Yeah, the coordination. Mm-hmm. You started to see it. So, so anyway, I think uh, I kind of was like, man, well, I guess dance—not just necessarily ballet, but dance—makes a lot of sense. Sure. Um, it's not—it's not the one that comes to the immediate mind. But then, so then, what happened though was um, I got to when I got to San Antonio St. Mary's Hall. You know we have there we have a uh, it's in, it's actually the only field hockey uh, program in San Antonio, right? Girls field hockey, and uh, and I could see so many similarities. You know it's like that it's like that. I don't know. You you see the you see the elements of obviously uh, obviously soccer, some like some hockey, some ice hockey, and then the way it's designed and laid out, you see some of the. Uh, I guess basketball, kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. so, um, so yeah, I think, uh, and basketball seems in terms of angles, you know, you talk about triangles, moving triangles, Mm basketball is one that seems to make a lot of sense in terms Mm -hmm. of the transfer of, of tactics, right? So, um, so yeah, I think it's, I think it's more of a matter of if you place you know, there's certain mechanics and the physiological components. You know, biomechanics, but then there's also the. Uh, I place a heavy emphasis also on uh, on the development of of soccer IQ. You know, and and tactically, you know, I just I was just having this conversation with a coach in San Antonio on Twitter the other day about. You know, she posed the question, "Hey, what do?" You know, I got players that they're, they're technically not bad. She's a JB coach. Mm-hmm. They're technically not bad, um, but you know. I don't know how much possession we're really going to be able to play, so um, what, should, what should I focus on or what can I focus on? And one of the things that I told her that, that I learned in my time, especially at the high school, because you know, at, at high school, and you see this on every team, it's not exclusive to just high school, but at the high school level, you have that just very broad, they call it that, the uh, slope, you know, the, slow, the slope slant theory, I think. And so essentially what it is, is you've got these high level performers and then you know experienced high level experience and then you got these kind of beginners they may be athletes but technically they're limited right so mm-hmm. so one of the things that i started to notice was um one of the ways that we can help them and we, tr- we do the best we can uh to develop them technically uh but tactically we can develop them rapidly by an em- heavy emphasis on soccer iq so we're talking about the layout the, the x's and o's mm-hmm. right the 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 triangles you start talking about the formations roles and responsibilities of whether you're a defender whether you're a midfielder groups right the forwards um, and then one of the biggest things that they don't do enough uh, across the board is watch the game you know which amazes <laughs> me which I believe me. it I believe it yeah it amazes me they just they don't they don't watch the game enough and and in that aspect. You know, my poor old daughter, she's stuck because I have her sit down with me all the time. And now, (laughs) now she does it on her own, actually. So we'll sit down and we watch, we were watching the... uh,
1: Let's watch film. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go yeah. Honey, let's watch film. Yeah. Well she's learn
2: she's learned to watch the game a little bit more like a coach in terms of not just follow the ball where the ball goes, but hey, pay attention to what pay attention to what's going on away from the ball. Right. Right. The decision making. So uh so yeah, so and she's done th- she's done great. She's had a ball. We were watching the uh the SEC women's soccer uh tournament last oh, nice. week, yeah. Last week. And uh yeah, so those those are some some good games, some good upsets too. So uh so yeah, so I think I think that's a big that's a big part big, of it also big, okay. yeah so
0: where do we even begin to talk about how crazy this year has been for you as a coach yeah.
2: mm. well you know the interesting thing it's pretty awesome being in here with you guys because next week we're finally you know November 30th is the actual start of it's the first day of official practices by the UIL for Texas soccer uh and <clears throat> so we're excited there um We're finally going to get to it because the the last time I was actually on the field, you know, with, you know, with my girls was uh, March 13th, our last game of the regular season versus Eastlake. So um Thank goodness
0: you have so, to complete a season
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean only because we we didn't qualify for the playoffs. Oh. <laughs> had we <laughs> had we qualified. Had we qualified for the playoffs. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it's going too soon. Had we no no no, it's okay. Had we qualified for the playoffs, I think we would, you know, we would have definitely you know, a lot of teams they didn't get to finish playing the, the state playoffs. So so that was a tough part. But um but yeah, we're excited. Um we're you know, year year two, year mm-hmm. two, and I think that they're still I'm still, you know they're still adapting to me as much as I'm adapting to them so this year has been this year has been uh, very you know there's only really one word that comes to mind unprecedented right mm-hmm. so um, and and I think the the main thing which it's been tough on our on our players on our girls on all our all our kids right all you know you know school age kids but I think if anything where in the the long term where I think this might help them is just the you know the the flexibility and the, the the being able to handle adversity. You know the the hey, what I, <laughs> everything we just told you yesterday, we're not doing that anymore. We got to do this now. You know, it's because it's constantly changing, change, change, change. And, uh, it's not it's not even it's not even good enough to say that it's changing by the day because it literally seems like it's changing by the hour. Yeah. So, um And our kids, I will say this is despite you know all the virtual workouts, all the meetings we've had, all the different like. Practice plans and everything I've thrown at them. I've said, uh, "Hey, we, it's we're gonna start October 26th. No, we're gonna start November 9th. No, hey, we're gonna it's November 30th. Yes, and uh, not a single complaint, not a single complaint from them. So I've been very proud of them as well. Um, 2020's been, you know, it's I've been teaching virtually from home, and uh, I think. Uh, Think my kids think my family they'll be glad when i'm out the house because they're ready <laughs> they're ready they're ready for me to go they're just like it's like there's no virus out there i think you've you've uh,
1: you know you, you you mentioned you've only you've only this you're on your second year and 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 you've told me this before but i think you're really turning things around with that program you mentioned to me that just between last year and this year, you've had seven athletes get forty-two. Is that correct?
2: Forty-two. Yes, it's actually it's collegiate up to offers. Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, so that's so it's
1: you're completely turning that program around. What's what's the what has been the, the biggest change that you've you've implemented in that program to to get to to this point?
2: Well, you know, I think from the well, you know, t- turning the program around and then the kind of the success that they've had in terms of college offers, those are, they're kind of, they're not mutually exclusive, but they are two different conversations, mm-hmm. right? But <clears throat> but because I think I placed so much of an emphasis on, because um, I, I knew coming in, obviously, I know, being from here too, I know the history of, you know, which programs are traditionally strong, and you know which programs traditionally aren't. Um, and, and Isleta ha- has had some success, but it's, I mean, we're also talking about 15 to 20, 25 years ago, you know, and, and more of their, the majority of their success had been at the 4A level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew coming in that it was going to be a, uh, um, a complete rebuild and that it was going to be heavy lifting on the culture implementation side. Um, but, um, but I think the big thing was from day one is, and you have to set the standard from the, from the very beginning, right? Cause if, cause if you don't, if you try to do it after two to three days, two to three weeks, it's it's kind of too late so and i and i was i was direct with them i was you know i came here to to affect change i came here because and what i told them was like look you've tried it your way and it's kind of gotten you here so i said so we're going to try it a different way you know and um, but the the best thing i think that happened was in that what kind of led to the ultimate hiring of while they were going through the selection process, when they determined they were going to go after a new coach, even before it involved me, was a lot of these, a lot of the girls in this program, they were they were asking for more discipline, they were asking to be pushed more, they were asking to you know to for people not to take it easy on them, which so from a coach's perspective, when you're walking into something like that, you know, that's kind of a coach's dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, you know that you're going to inevitably get some pushback. It's not going to be all, you know, um, it's not going to be all, you know, rainbows and unicorns. And But um, <clears throat> I think, you know, I give them all the credit because they were... The main thing that I found was a lot of the stuff that I had been told about them in terms of mentality and, you know, how they were, it, it wasn't really entirely true. It was just they needed somebody to, you know, to... To be consistent with them, they needed somebody to invest in them and show them that they someone cared in them, the person before they ever put on cleats and stepped on a field, you know. And then, and then you know, some of it just tied into uh, they for the first time for the first time I think for a lot of them they were hearing you know these buzzwords that can often sound like lip service, you know, like um, character, leadership, followership is one that I'm big on, right? Uh, accountability, coachability, uh, respect. All of a sudden, not only were they hearing those words every day, but they were being expected to, you know, to live them, you know, and not just, not just on the field, but in the classroom. And um, so I think, you know, uh, as, as cliche as it sounds, is they, you know, they, they really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And, you know, that, that made a big difference. Um, so, but in terms of the, uh, the offers, you know, I quickly recognize that, hey, there's there's some talent here. There's, um, there's you know, one of the things you notice with a lot of kids from this region is <clears throat> um, and why coaches like to recruit this region is because it is so much easier to recruit, you know, your, your DFW, your Austin, San Antonio, Houston areas, because it's all right there. we are all within about, you know, three to four hours three. of each other. And out here, you know what what you'll find is yeah again we're a bit we're a bit isolated um but there is a different style of play here you know um and it's a good thing it's not a bad thing and um, and I recognized that when I got here I recognized like there's some talent here that just needs to just needs to be organized a little bit you know it needs to be organized um uh, and work on work on a, a clear path on what we need to do to get better on the field and then off the field it was the uh It was no special recipe you know it was just a matter of it's like okay first first trying to decipher the because you know with with uh with high school athletes you get a lot of you get a lot of really good student athletes that they like the thought of being recruited or they like the idea of hey yeah i want to talk to a coach and see you know see what they say maybe they're interested in me they kind of like that idea they like the the sound of being able to tell their buddies that, hey, yeah, I'm going to this school to go look at him, or yeah, this coach called me or emailed me. But you know, so you have to be able to decipher that from the kids that really truly want it, you know. Um, and it's easier said than done, um, as a lot of kids find out when they're first entering that that recruiting process. So, um, so on that side, on the college recruiting side, um, they just they bought in, you know, mm-hmm. they bought in. Um, and and I didn't push it on them. I never push it on any of our student athletes. It was kind of a you know I, I tell them I'm gonna I tell them I'm gonna be from uh, I'm gonna be from Missouri on this. You have to show me right. So, <laughs> I like so that. yeah. So um, so and I told them it's the consistency with with the emails, right? The phone calls, the you know on Twitter. Twitter's a big one, as we know. That's where <clears throat> knowing your audience, and that's where college coaches, recruiting coordinators, scouts. That's that's their primary bread and butter, especially right now in the day of COVID, right in the era of COVID, um, because you know D1, as you can tell, you know D1 college coaches are having a tough time right now, uh, definitely with, with this uh, extended extended dead period now through uh, April 15th, I believe. So, so yeah, I think from that front, as like I think that I think it's gotten more attention because traditionally speaking, they're just not used to kind of. Seen that kind of stuff mm-hmm. from you know women's soccer at Isleta High School, uh, but I think that the, and that's one of the things that I'm trying is we're trying to prove that point that it's like anything is possible, you know, anything is possible, and going out there and and you know and changing mindsets, you know, and and I think that's been the biggest thing with them,
0: uh, Coach. When you um, when you talk about uh Recruiting and colleges, I think this is a perfect segue to talk about the 50-50 podcast, which is something that you are going to be uh, starting up as well. Um, before we get into the details of the actual podcast, what was the initial thought about this? Why did this need to come here to El Paso? Why, why is it that, uh, that we need kind of a college soccer recruiting platform like this? Because I think it's very, very valuable to the local landscape and the players here in El Paso. Yeah.
2: Yeah, um, well, to be honest, I was just all in it for the money. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, because we get rich on this, right? No, um, honestly, I think it was just another platform to, you know, you know to, to, share, to sh- share the wealth, you know, share the knowledge, share the experiences, the, share the do's and don'ts, and help, edu- help educate uh, student athletes but not just it's not just limited to student athletes um, the parents you know help give them a platform that they can maybe go to uh, they can listen in on podcasts and you know and despite you know having to put up with my voice they might get some great information here they might get even if it's just one little nugget that they get out of a out of a podcast you know um, so and and that was really kind of why you know I, I finally I had been delaying this and delaying this and and I, I don't know if delay is the right word, but I was just kind of like, should I, should I do I Waiting for the this? right time. Should I do this? Right, right. And and I don't know if the, the thing I think you find out is I don't think there's ever a definitive right, right time. time. It's just a matter of, let's, you know, because the type of person I normally am is just dive in and go and experience it, right? So, but with that said, you also want to bring in a quality product. Uh, so, um, so, yeah, I think that led to, you know, to conversations. And then what ended up happening was I was... Uh, I was actually on another podcast, and the producer of that podcast, who, come to find out, um, was a former coach at the same school that I was, that I was at, at St. Mary's Hall. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's well, well-versed, very, you know, you know, tremendous producer. And he just kind of reached out to me and says like, hey, have you ever thought about this? have you ever you know have you ever thought about you know uh podcast and it's like because you bring you know a lot of really great information and blah 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 and um so then you know i really kind of did some soul searching as to not so much because i I knew i knew the why it was more of the how right so Mm -hmm. because i am also detail oriented um but yeah i think we're you know i'm excited you know we're we're wrapping up in our final uh final production phase and um you know, I think I won't. I won't steal the uh, the glory because I'll let I'll let Mando kind of make the announcement, but a little bit more detailed. But uh, um, I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, it's starting here, and it'll always be you know rooted in my, you know my hometown of El Paso. But the big thing is, it's going to really be um, it's going to really have a, a, a long reach across the state. You know, because we'll look at we'll look at players, we'll look at coaches, we'll look at programs, because we're going to tell those stories also, right? Of uh, of coaches, of players, provide information for parents. Have a lot of college coaches, uh, uh, possibly athletic directors, and definitely high school coaches and high school athletic directors on there. So it's a multi multifaceted, faceted multi multi angled uh, podcast that'll provide all kinds of different information and. Um, And then as we bring in these college coaches to to talk about their programs talk about what they're experiencing talk about what they're looking at talk about their thoughts on the game right the high school high school and club soccer in texas high school and club soccer in el paso Um, so yeah uh definitely excited looking forward to it uh launches uh First episode should be out hopefully no later than uh, December 15th. That's what it's looking like right now. And, uh, I'm excited. Yeah, It's awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah.
1: I, I do want to say that, you know, we, we will be, uh, I'm, I'm very excited this company, physical athletics, we will be partnering and being the title sponsor for uh, the 50, 50 podcast. And I, I want this to be a, a, a unique partnership where, you know, our goal has always been here to, to help athletes as much as we can, uh, whether they're in uh, middle school athletes, uh, high school, uh, collegiate, whatever it is, we want to help them as much as we can. Mm-hmm. And the 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 many conversations that I've had with uh, with Coach Kano uh, you know, quickly let me know that he has the athlete's best interest at heart, and he also brings a very unique uh, uh, perspective and background of being a former collegiate uh, uh, soccer coach and also. Uh, high school coach and of course he's turning things around now at a at, uh, at Isleta high school and i know things are just going to keep getting better and better and better uh from there but one thing that i have noticed is is the, the the college recruiting has been getting bigger and bigger and bigger for for all sports and i think this will be a, a great opportunity for for athletes and for parents to finally learn the behind the scenes what's uh what's what's required of them uh you know usually athletes are are, are not very well aware of coaches might want, and that's going to lead me to my next question. Uh, With you having that background, being a a collegiate sports coach, uh, soccer coach, and now working in, in the high school level, what are some of the things that coaches now, collegiate coaches come to you and ask about a certain player, or, you know, usually high school coaches here they they get that from from college coaches and then they they tell the athletes you know this is what actually happens but what what do they ask you?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, well, first off, uh, first thing I got to address is uh, we're equally excited at the Fifty Fifty Podcast to be partnering uh, with Physical Athletics as our title sponsor. So it's awesome. Um, the big thing we went after is uh, like minded organizations and uh, all for you know for the benefit of of our student athletes. So highly excited there uh glad to be partnering up with you all and we're grateful for that so uh the best is yet to come um now as far as your question goes um that's an interesting one because sometimes it just depends it depends uh on the coach it depends on sometimes the level the need how uh, <laughs> i guess for lack of better terms how desperate they are right in terms of in terms of if they need somebody like right away or you know or whatnot but um you know, what my conversations with a lot of college coaches across the board—it doesn't. What doesn't matter is the—it's—it's it's the building the relationships. Um, and I think that what they ask sometimes is, is like, hey, what's give me you know give me your strengths, give me your weaknesses, give me your film, you know what you know they, I I try to, you know, you advocate for your you advocate for your student athletes. Uh, you let the film kind of showcase itself. Uh, And then you try to, what I try to hit on is if they've had a conversation, uh, or no I should say whether they have or haven't had a conversation with that kid, and even if they've already seen their film, maybe they see their soccer resume in front of them. You know, the the GPA, the SAT, ACT score, uh, the class rank, the the leadership, what are they involved in as far as club programs and, you know, in, in the school or in their community. And that's what I kind of try to hit on is the leadership aspect of what else is this kid doing? What else is this student-athlete doing? Um, Or, you know, the days in, if it's one of my own personal student-athletes, what are they like day in and day out, right, consistently, you know? Not just, you know, in the classroom, personality, the stuff that film isn't going to be able to tell you, the stuff that a soccer resume might not be able to tell you, the stuff that a... 10 15 minute conversation with a super shy student athlete on the phone might not be able to tell you. Um, And that's what I share with them. It's like I give them the additional background information. Um, So, yeah, so it just depends because you know, some of it it can be there's layers to it because some of it, like I can provide a ton more for my personal student athletes at Isledo. Whereas with some of the student athletes that I'm working with, you know, consulting across the you know across the city and, and it's getting to that point now across the state and you know in San Antonio, in Austin and some in the, in the Lubbock area as well. Um, is you know is it's get it's me getting to know those kids better for that for that very reason you know because you know are they you know, are they a high character kid? Are they, you Mm -hmm. know, are they a leader? Will they, you know, will they be humble enough to be a follower when they come in as a freshman all over again? Um, So, um, and that's one of the things, you know, kind of going back to that, at Isleta, one of the things that I implemented was something that I learned at the Air Force Academy was what's called the the PITO leadership model. And what it is, is it's essentially, so it's a four, it's a four-tiered system. So as a freshman, um, follow, what followership really means is personal leadership, right? Personal leadership is: can you first lead yourself as a freshman, you know, and that's rooted in the, you know, the five R's: the right place, right time, right uniform, right attitude, ready to do the right thing. You know, can you do those things first, right? So, because why on earth would anyone else follow you if you don't, even, you can't even show up to practice on time, right? You can't be in class on time. So, and then sophomore is a little bit more, a little bit more leadership helping the freshman juniors overlooking, you know, being leaders within the program for, you know, the JV and leaders on the varsity. And then seniors are expected to lead. Uh, not, it's not enough to just lead on the varsity or in our program, but also within the school, you know. So, um, so yeah, I think that those are some of the things that they sometimes ask, and that's also sometimes where I kind of steer the conversation is. And inevitably, yeah, there's, there's no getting around it. We still talk uh tactics we still talk you know uh technical skill technical ability um but we also talk. our our job in showcasing our student athletes is you know one of the things there's a famous jimmy johnson quote i'm not even going to attempt to say it right now because (laughs) i'll get it wrong but it's uh it's it's along the lines you know if you if, if you you know you treat a player as he is he will you know he will remain but if you treat him as what he can be you know he'll you know that's why i'm not i'm paraphrasing here but essentially what I learned in that quote in my years of coaching is that is the ability to look for it, look at a player for what they can become, you know, at a student athlete for what they can become not where they currently are at that moment in front of you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm sure you see it in here, too. Right. The same same theory same yeah. concept. Um, so, yeah. So that's a lot of what I share with with them.
0: When you uh, begin to have the conversations with the student-athlete, I bet it's, you know, it's kind of that two-way street, but I, I'm sure it's also when you start to um, get, move forward with this project, it's also about educating the parents about what the college level is like, what you have to expect, mm-hmm. and what are, what are some of the necessary steps in, or- in order to take to get to that next level?
2: Yeah, I mean, one of the things, uh, and some of it has been just in private uh, private consulting conversations, a lot of Zoom calls, and then one of the other things that's really um, where where we've had some success, where I've had some success as well, is in you know in collaboration and working with. I know you know Jesse Tolar. Right? Oh yeah, of yeah, course, so, Prep One. Yeah, working. Big shout out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great, great guy. He's a great guy. Uh, um, working together in terms of those, the, those. We had. I was. I don't know. Probably must have been on probably twelve to fifteen calls. Uh, college advisory calls with him uh, with parents and student athletes nice. this this summer and uh, and you know and by no means did he have to bring me along but um, those conversations we had with parents and then in the, in addition the parent the the calls conversations I've had separately in in additional uh, consultation uh, conversations uh, with parents the big thing is from a parent perspective it's like I understand. This is, you know, this is your your little mijo, your little mija. You love them to death. You want, you know, you want to help guide them. But but I said, but but it's it's a team concept, right? And I said, your your son, your daughter, they're in the lane, they're driving, and I said, you you and I, parents and and me, are there. We're kind of like the rails to just kind of sometimes when they start to steer, keep them on track, right? And uh, but um, but the big thing we tell them too is like I tell the you know tell the parents is. Uh, it's always great when you see a parent that's involved but don't take over you know don't take over um and you know i just i have to look this up because i actually <laughs> a college coach i just i retweeted this yesterday um so a uh, college coach at uh lubbock the uh, lubbock christian mm-hmm. uh, the, he uh, tweeted it's like dear parents Please stop posting on social media and emailing as your kids. Coaches <laughs> coaches want well, to get Well, the problem <laughs> is, is
0: you start to see these parents, and I get it, it's their kid. They want to promote their kid. Yeah. They, they want to showcase their kids, right. they want to get them in front of them, right. especially and they think on social media. But when you see the parents tagging all these coaches and, right. you know, a long string of threats, it just doesn't look right. And right. it's tough. I mean, it's so it's we're in uncharted territories and just social media. We're not even throwing in the pandemic in this mix, mm-hmm. but when you talking about college recruiting at another level you have to do it in unconventional ways especially now when Mm -hmm. you now throw back in the pandemic because uh you you can't rely on as much film well I mean you guys had last year to rely on for your sport but other sports can't rely on other film um and you have to be kind of your own marketer uh to these college coaches that's I'm speaking like Jesse Tovar right
2: now (laughs) (laughs) right yeah no but it's very true I mean it's I mean, it's so. I think it's so clear-cut, obvious when you look at it that I think it. I don't. I think it's real easy for for student athletes and and parents to just look right past it, mm-hmm. you know. But but it's true. And, and keeping keeping the, the philosophy, keeping it simple, is and and the reason why I mentioned that tweet was because he said let you know. He finished it up with you know let let coaches get to know your kids, right. Um, and it goes back to all that stuff that I shared, right? The mm-hmm. personality, the background. What is this kid really like? Um, is this going to be a kid that I want in my locker room? You know, they're um, the ones
1: going to college and playing right, for them, not the parents, right? Right. <laughs> and
2: you know, and, and on the consulting side, you know, when I'm working with student athletes, you kind of start to wonder. It's like, man, well, does does this kid really want it, or does mom and dad really want it? You know, and, and that's and that's and in those initial, a lot of those initial uh, consulting calls, consultation calls. That's what you're trying to figure out, you know, so um, because for every probably, I don't know, for every, I'd say, 10 kids, 10 student athletes that I meet with that say they want to, you know, they want to get this started, probably, you know, I'd say about seven to eight, you'll hear from again and say, hey, I want to get going. Mm -hmm. And then of that seven or eight, probably, I don't know, five, maybe four or five are still at it a month from now. And then, you know, if you fast forward, you know, three, four months from now in terms of having that, that stamina, because it, it's called a, you know, it's called the college recruiting process. It's not a college, you know, recruiting moment. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, if you fast forward three, four, five, six months down the road, there's like, you're lucky if you have one or two, you know?
1: Really? Yeah, that That yeah. many dr- Is it because it's such a, a, a daunting, is it, does it dawn upon them that... Well, I'm gonna leave town. I'm gonna go. You know, we were talking can with I, Genesis. Can I throw
0: a guess? Can I think? Is is it just the the lack of wanting to do it? To put in all the work. They see all the work that's in front of them, and it's just like, man, it's just too much. I just yeah, it, it's tough.
2: I don't know. I you know, it's it's tough to give an overall, just a general blanket statement okay. on that. It, but, but 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 okay, right. Yeah. But but I think it's. I don't think you, you all are wrong. I don't think what you find sometimes is a lot of things happen. Is um, kids. A kid that you spoke with in March you know by the time like like right now the obvious one the tough one would be especially for these class of 2021 kids that are about to graduate and and either don't have any offers or have limited offers or you know it's one of those things where they kind of start to wonder you know well we're in a pandemic I can't play right now I'm not generating any more film you know what do I do and and you kind of you know on my end, you kind of start to sound like a broken record when you're t- telling them and telling parents, "Is you have to continue with the phone calls, you have to, excuse me, your Twitter profile, you have to continue to be active." You know, just because you don't have film or you don't have any new film to post, doesn't mean you can't show your IQ for the game, right? You can retweet and speak on something, mm-hmm. and these these little character nuggets, these little things, that's what coaches are looking for. You know, that's it, because uh, they're going to look at film. They can look at all the black and white stuff, film, GPA, all that. It's like, but what's the, uh, what's the? Uh, I'm losing my, losing the word here. The, uh, um, I guess all the stuff that they that it, it's harder to see. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's what they're kind of looking for, um, and it and it is going to be tough. So so I, I get it when you're a 15, 16, you know, 16, 17 year old, 18 year old. Um, at the, up to this point, it's the biggest decision they've made, right? And sometimes it's it it can be a daunting task. It can be overwhelming because it's like, man, I got to email this, you know, this coach again. It's like I just emailed them, you know, mm-hmm. I just, you know. And that's where, you know, mm-hmm. to answer, you know, Mondo's question earlier is that's where I think my my experience comes in a little bit because I can I can give the exact hey, this is what a college coach is doing. I said, right? Why? why how come in the subject line I should. In the subject line, I should put my name, where I'm from, my graduation year. I said because sometimes college coaches, college coaches are overwhelmed. College coach, they're recruiting the kids, the number that the number of emails that they get. But when they see something that they like, you know, you know, so the do's and the don'ts, all that stuff. But I think a lot of it too is with with student athletes is some of where along the way, sometimes things change. You know, priorities change, or they start to realize that, yeah, I don't, you know. They're asking this. Coach is asking me if I'm going to come on an official or an unofficial visit. If I want to come look at the campus, their admissions is asking this. I got to submit this. I got to submit an application. You know this or that. And then after a while, what, what you really find is that uh, it's. I don't want to say that they weren't really. They didn't really want it, but mm-hmm. they start to realize that. Well, yeah, maybe maybe this isn't for me. You know. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's also a matter of. Um, you know as a consultant and then with your parents it's like is, is be be honest with yourself be honest with your parents that's the things we tell student athletes mm-hmm. and you know and yeah I, I don't think there's in a single one uh, but I think one of the things that's improved you know when with the student athletes that I've been working with and what I've seen across the city kind of what you alluded to a little bit is that you're right I think that is there are some good people that are doing the uh you know, the, the college recruiting process that are supporting it correctly with the right intentions. And, and you're seeing that. It's showing in the talent, you know, across the city in multiple sports. Um, so definitely way better, and of course Twitter didn't exist back then when I was in high school, like many, many moons ago, but, uh, but I just don't remember it being nowhere near, or hearing as much as activity as you do now here, so, um, so there is a lot of talent, there really, you know, there really is. So uh, it's exciting. It's exciting.
1: I mean, just just touching back on, uh, on on a couple of things that you said. You know, to me, it seems like when, when we were talking to uh, uh, Genesis, you know, she you mentioned how she's going from El Paso all the way to Maryland. I mean, that a lot of times these athletes are getting offers, maybe not even from the state of Texas or from New Mexico. They might be getting offers from across the country, East Coast, West Coast, and you know, on top of it being a daunting uh, task, just being that far away from home, it could be somewhat, somewhat intimidating mm-hmm. if they're hoping to perhaps get, you know, recruited by either UTEP or just somewhere that it's maybe four, four hours, four six hours max, you know, away from away from home. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, it's a great point. I mean, that one, which a lot of those conversations, especially those initial conversations we'll have with student athletes and parents, is. Um, you know, you have, a, you have a kid, you know, we'll just use the sport of soccer for right now. You have a kid that he, he or she loves to play the game, right? She would love, he or she would love to play at the next level, right? Just on the surface, right? They just want to play, right? And if they can also go to college, you know, awesome, right? Um, but then when you, but they, there's just, they haven't really processed or the, the thought of what goes into it in terms of, okay, what you start asking the questions, like what, you know, What's your field of study? What do you, have you even thought about that? You know, do you know what you kind of might wanna do? Um, is geographic location, you know, is does that, you know, how much does that matter? You know, how much does that matter? Um, the, you know, the, uh, the level, you know, you have a lot of, one of the biggest things where I spend a lot of time, a lot of my time, is deconstructing the D1 or bust mentality you know, the division one or Boston mentality, because there's so much more out there, okay. you know, there's so much more out there. Um, and what, you know, from from the geographic location perspective, I'm honest and I tell every one of the soccer players I've spoken with, and I'm very honest with them, I said, look, I said, you need to know this, whether whether you think it's right or wrong, agree with it or disagree with it, you need to understand this, you need to be aware of this. And, it, and the parents too, is that, one of, the, one of the knocks on student athletes from uh, from this region, from El Paso, is that, hey, they don't want to leave home. Or first chance they get to come home, come back home, they'll, they'll come running back, they'll, they'll get homesick. Right? A lot of them will. Um, and you know, and especially, and I tell them, and for whatever reason, I said, that just seems to be the rap that a lot of them get, you know? Um, and especially female athletes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so and I said... Do I think it's the absolute truth? No. But I said, but the, you need to be aware of that, that that's floating out there. Uh, so, uh, and I tell them, I, I tell every student athlete, and especially mine, my, my own at Isleta, is like, whenever you go through this process, I says, you have to give each and every coach the absolute, you know, treat them the way you'd want to be treated. Mm-hmm. I said, because you're also a representative, you're not only a representative of Isleta High School and our school district, I said, but the game here in El Paso, And if you leave that bad taste in that coach's mouth, I said, they're very, at a minimum, they're never going to come back to Isleta. uh, But they may very well never, you know, want to invest in El Paso again. So, uh, so there's a lot out there, you know, there really is a lot out there.
0: Um, And and that's a great point, coach, because there's a, you know, there's this mentality um, and it's hard. It's hard to, it's not even breaking the mentality. It's just understanding there's more than just, you know, our backyard in El Paso Mm and, I guess as we kind of wind things down today and as we, as we kind of get ready to uh, you know, look forward to the start of the season and as you look at your own roster and your own team, what are, some of the, what are some of the pieces of advice that you could offer to anybody out there, maybe not just soccer, but anybody who's looking into that college uh, landscape, looking to play at the next level?
2: Um, well, one of my staples, I think, and what I recommend is um, you've got to do your research. To do your research there's no escaping around it uh, I I can't want it more you know more for you than you right mom or dad can't want it more for you than you um, but the other thing too is the big one is you know you you hear the word there's a phrase there that's used a lot is uh, find uh, and and it kind of goes hand in hand with deconstructing that d1 or bus mentality is the right fit find the right fit for you okay so the question is, the question behind that and what I throw at student athletes and parents is, okay, what does right fit mean? What, what does that mean for you? Because right fit for you is going to be completely different from me and from you mm-hmm. and for you. So, um, and what I start with is, you know, I get a piece of notepad. I said, first thing, I said, draw a line right down the middle and do your, your you have to address two things. is wants versus needs, mm-hmm. right? Got to try to figure those out right and then so those needs become your what i call your non-negotiables the things that you will not break away from that's what you're looking for in a school so once you start getting that down on paper and conversations with not only myself but also with you know with parents honest conversations those reflective conversations deep thinking conversations um that's what can help start putting a student athlete on the right track in terms of excuse me in terms of you know, entering into the college recruiting process, kind of having an idea—not not 100 not percent—but having an idea of what you're getting into and what you're looking for. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's a big part of it. Because, um, but I think it's it, it's a team. It's a team effort. Uh, but the person who's who's guiding, you know, who's driving, you know, driving that ship, guiding that ship, is the student athlete. You know, like I said, there's you know, mom, dad. You know the coaches, the consult, you know the consultants, whatever. They're they're just there, they're kind of rails to help keep them on track. Uh, but and and I think when you go through that whole process, I think that's why sometimes some student athletes can drop off mm-hmm. and realize, or they just or they get discouraged. Sometimes there's confidence issues and they just say, Nah, no, this isn't going to happen." Or you know that inner voice, that negative voice. Um, and that's where we got to remain, keep them positive, uh, keep the positivity. Um, but the truth is, is you will get out of it what you put into it. Um, you know, the, the regular posting of, of just even little clips, staying active, the emails, uh, reaching out to coaches, um, and, you know, not being afraid. I think one of the things that we find is that, especially with our female student-athletes, is they feel, they confuse, they, com- they confuse positive marketing with bragging right so on social media you know, they can share their tiktok stuff all day they can share <laughs> they can share, share random stuff on instagram all day but it's was like oh you mean i got actually like say something good about myself i don't know if i want to do that you know so um, it's hard though yeah. so it's, yeah, i uh,
0: understand i yeah. understand the apprehension from some of the athletes right
2: and yeah and, and that's what i think you know when you talk about the the breakdown and sometimes why some kids fall off it's like you know because because it's not easy Right? Because if it was easy, everybody would be, you know, everyone, everybody would be doing it as opposed to the, what, actual 7% of kids that go on to play, you know, at the next level, you know, so, um, so yeah, I think, yeah, I I think that's, that's kind of what, you know, what I try to, you know, recommend, stay with them, stay, and let them know that, you know, that we're here, that we're here from, that they're not alone in the process, because you're right, it, it is a daunting task, but you know, 20, 20 to 25 years ago, it just seemed, it seemed a whole heck of a lot more like student-athletes were really, it was them and the parents, and that was it, right? There was no kind of words of wisdom, words of inspiration, any kind of, hey, what's, what's kind of the blueprint here? What's the, the do's and the don'ts? So we've come a long way in that, in that respect.
0: I agree. I mean, I just, you could see it across the board, but coach, uh, it was great to have you on. And now that you're, now that physical athletics is partnering up with the 50, 50 podcast, that just means that you have to be a reoccurring guest on the show and we have to drag you back out here. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I've already
2: mentioned, uh, to Mondo as well, that, uh, love to, uh, love to have him. you know, once, once we get going, kind of get things, the, uh, the list of coaches is already—it's—it's it's, uh, already starting to build up, you know. Nice. So, so it'll be good. Very excited for it. Um, hoping we can, uh, you know, uh, I promise, you know, promise the city, promise the state, promise, the, you know, the sport of soccer that that they'll get our best and that we'll do everything we can to put out a good product. And yeah, I mean, you're right. I'm definitely excited to be partnering up with Physical Athletics, and I really uh, appreciate what you guys are doing. I appreciate you guys having me.
1: Uh, I, I, I'm really excited to, to move forward with this and, and I think it'll just, like I said before you know, uh, partner with uh, like-minded people and companies and I think this will definitely benefit uh, student-athletes in, in, in the future and, and, and it's just all for the benefit of them, you know, so that they can get that that college scholarship, whether it, it's at D1 all the way down to D3 and AIA whatever it is uh, and we're here to help, you know, we're, we're both here to help in whatever way we can awesome
2: appreciate you guys thank you
0: awesome well thanks so much coach and i guess that'll do it for us another episode of the physical athletics like subscribe and rate on all on all platforms across the board on all podcast platforms across the board as well we'll be back again next week so tune in for the physical athletics podcast i'm adrian bradis he's armando aguilar and we say so long and thanks for listening